Hi everybody, it's that kind of day. Yeah, the eclipses are here, the eclipses are here. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather for the week of November 6th to 13th. Uh, this weekend I had my best friend from high school here. Uh, I've known her 54 years. So between going out and moving clients and working late last night because the clients from Saturday moved to Sunday, uh, today is the day for the podcast, so I know it's a little a little behind, but it's the eclipse season. What are you going to do? So welcome, welcome to um, the weekly podcast. As you know, it's a pretty big week. we got a lot going on, a lot, a lot, a lot going on. So we'll go forward into the energy without further ado. Okay, let me turn on my little pointer here, get the gang up. Um, I can tell you it's going to be unorganized, I'm just saying. We try. Okay, so last night I had a little show a moment, uh, countering hate, and uh, Schindler's List. Uh, individual hate is a terrible thing, but when the collective hate organizes and gets industrialized, genocide follows. Uh, hate is not something to be taken not taken seriously. This is Steven Spielberg, so we refrain that double negatives. Hate is something to be taken seriously. And we have to take hate more seriously now than we've had to take it in a generation. And he was in an interview um, around the 25th release of Schindler's List, 25th year release around Schindler's List, which if you haven't seen it, I encourage you to watch. It will change your life forever. Um, and of course, uh, Oscar Schindler saved uh, Jews by having a list of them that, needed, that he needed to work for him. And with the rise in anti-Semitism and racism and hate and all the people that tweeted nasty things when an 82-year-old man got hit on the head with a hammer, we need to stand up against hate. <laughs> Just, you know, that's part of our job. I know it's Pluto. I know it's a Pluto return. I get it. I get it. I understand Pluto. I've been an astrologer for 28 years, but we have to stand up against hate. Uh, this is, you know, election day is tomorrow. I just wanted to show you the Congress. Uh, this is what the Congress voted, how the Republicans voted in the Congress this last session, this last two years. 100% against gas, against cheaper insulin, cheaper drug prices, child tax credits, stimulus checks, Voting Rights Act, ending gerrymandering, which is when they make little election districts that they can win in, fighting climate change, prosecuting rich tax cheats, saving Roe versus Wade, banning assault weapons, fighting domestic terrorism, keeping birth control legal. Uh, now we're getting into the 96-99 uh, background checks, more baby formula, stopping domestic violence, veteran cancer care, same-sex marriage, and upholding the election. 68% voted against counting your votes. So make sure that you vote. Uh, if you haven't registered, tomorrow, you, today you can register in Montana, and tomorrow there's same-sex registration in the following states. California, Colorado, Connecticut, Washington, Hawaii, Idaho, Illinois, Iowa, Maine, Maryland, Michigan, Minnesota, Nevada, New Hampshire, New Mexico, Utah, Vermont, Washington State, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. So you can still register to vote if you live in one of those states. Turn out. We can go through it or we can grow through it. Okay, this is a really complicated week on many, many levels. And uh, because we have this little stellium of energy over here, 
in Scorpio. We're going to focus a lot on that, the Venus and the Sun and the Mercury, because they're all going to be having aspects this week that are pretty intense. Uh, so as we're working with them, we want to just kind of follow along. So what's going to happen? Uh, we're going to, we had last week, we had the Venus go in the south node, we had the Sun go in the south node, and on Sunday we had Mercury go in the south node. Um, of course, this is being recorded on Monday in the hour of the sun. So here we are. Uh, illumination, hopefully. So these planets into the south node are releasing energy. And they're saying, that's done. Okay, release it. Get rid of it. We're good to go. And that's what we do. Next up, we have the Venus square Saturn, which happens today. So what's going to happen now is Venus is going to, and these Scorpio planets, are all going to go through and square Saturn, and oppose Uranus. Last week, Venus opposed Uranus, so it was sudden, unexpected. Breakups, endings, changes of behavior. Now this week, she squares Saturn. Today, uh, on Monday, she squared him last night. So we have this, t it's a T-square. It's a big old, wild T-square. And during the course of the week, the Sun is going to come to oppose Uranus and square Saturn, and Mercury is going to come to oppose Uranus and square Saturn. Boom, 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 boom. Last week we had Venus opposite Uranus. This week she squares Saturn. Now remember, that Uranus-Saturn, that was all last year. That was January, June, and December. That was the part where I said the, uh, the cardinal people go first, the mutable people go in June, and the fixed people go in December, kicking and screaming. These planets are in fixed signs. They're setting up your next 20 years. What changes do you have to make in your behavior to accommodate in your life, in your work, in your structures, to accommodate the changes that you're going to grow over the next 20 years? And this is when these planets look at those things and say, hey, I need to make some changes, Uranus, and then that will help me build a new structure, Saturn, action-oriented. The Sun, Venus, and Mercury are in a psychological square to Saturn, meaning they understand that for me to be able to do this, I have to have this in place, and psychologically I have to work on these issues to be opposite Uranus, set myself free from them. So this morning I got a nice text from my friend Sharon who moved this weekend, and she's in a new apartment sitting in her backyard uh, having tea with her pajamas as the train goes by. And she wrote, you know, I was thinking about the year, my, the year my dad died, my grandmother died, I got married, I had my baby, and I got divorced. It was like a two-year period, a lot of change in her life. And the train's making me cry because it's reminding me of my dad who worked on the railroad. He worked on uh, Metro North um, when she was a kid. And I was like, okay, so this is time to change, let go of and release. Now remember, this is a full moon eclipse we have this week. So in addition to having it on election day, can't make this stuff up, we're all being asked to emotionally release the things that hold us back from creating the life we want to create. To go in and understand the psychological issues that have helped us, held us back, and are currently blocking us. So it's really important to kind of work with this energy. Um, we have the total lunar eclipse bright and early on Mon on Tuesday morning at 6.01 in the East Coast, but you guys in the West Coast can see it. Get up to look. There's not going to be another total lunar eclipse for three years. The moon is red in the sky. It's a blood moon. Mm, very potent. Now, when we look at this chart, we know there's a couple things going on behind the scenes. We know that Pallas, Athena, and Lilith are both out of bounds. Of course, they're at 23 uh, on the world point in Cancer, 
but also Pallas Athena is strategic visionary energy. It's in the ninth house of legal matters. We also have Mars uh, retrograde in Gemini out of bounds, uh, answering to the Mercury over here on the south node of fate. Uh, and so we have Mars out of bounds as he's in the approach, approaching a square to the Neptune. He's gone past the square to the Jupiter. So we're going to see this energy in the sky for this eclipse. Notice the eclipse is the Moon and Uranus. It's opposite the Sun. The Sun and Moon are opposite. That what's what makes it eclipses. And with the Sun being within 15 degrees of the node, he's three degrees away, so he's definitely within 15 we have an eclipse. Now what this eclipse is doing is it's going back to the eclipse from April 30th of this year and May 15th of this year when there was eclipses in Scorpio Taurus and it's finishing that story up. Of course that's when the Dobbs, the Dobbs was released, uh, the Dobbs report which overturned Roe v. Wade was released and here we see uh, this chart has in it for Washington Athena out of bounds, Lilith out of bounds, uh, as well as Mars. Now Athena and Mars are in a quincunx, or in a, I'm sorry, in a semi-sextile, uh, and so they're working together, but Mars retrograde here is square the Neptune in the fifth house of creativity, children, and how we move forward. We also have Mars here, quincunx Pluto in the third house of laws, so we, and we are having this eclipse on election day. So it's a big eclipse. It's really important. It's really potent. You can see there's a mystic rectangle in there with Ceres here in Virgo, 16 and a half years old, and the energy in other, the house of other people's children. We also see this as the house of Congress. The executive branch is the 10th house. The 9th house is Roe v. Wade. So I'm gonna be really curious to see how the election results are impacted by the Roe v. Wade, uh, Dobbs decision overturning Roe v. Wade. And of course, the Republicans have said if they get control of the House and Senate, they will pass a bill banning abortion nationwide. Of course, while Biden is president for the next two years, they'll, he'll veto it. But, you know, if we get a Republican president in 2024, we got a problem. In your own life, look at what was going on last spring, April and May. April 30th and May uh, 15th, because that story is back up for you now, where you need to look at it and go, oh wow, let me understand what's going on. We also see Mercury on a world point. Mercury on a world point in, in Scorpio rules this Mars in Gemini uh, in the 8th house. Of course, the 8th house is death, it's action, it's men, it's Mars retrograde, uh, men reversed. You know, we'll see what happens. I'm really curious. You know, we did have a few bellwether elections earlier. Of course, this one's much heated and much more intense, and everybody's nerves are on end. So the energy's focused, intense, and very passionate with this eclipse. And what eclipses do is they go back, and we think about the new moon that we had uh, two weeks ago that was a two Scorpio, and now we have the eclipse here at 16. Any planet in your chart, do a degree orb, either way, 17, 18, uh, 15, 14, you know, two degrees sometimes people use, and look and see what it's going to wake up in your life, your chart. When we look at it, the key to remember this whole week, this whole week, is this enormous T-square is firing. So we have, uh, right now, Mercury went into, you know, is, is going into the south node, just got out of it, but these planets are all opposite the sun, moon, the sun and moon and Uranus. Uranus is 
sudden unexpected behavior from women. Uh, we have a square here to Saturn. We have a square here to Saturn in Aquarius, the foundation, the direction where we're going. And so this energy of this eclipse has this huge T-square in it. Now what's going to happen over the course of the week is uh, the Sun is going to come to oppose Uranus and then square it. Mercury is going to come to oppose Uranus and then square Saturn. And last week Venus opposed Uranus and then yesterday she squared Saturn. So we see this grand T-square. Now you're really going to get a feeling of what T-squares are like this week because we have boom, 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 boom. And I, you know, sometimes I look at weeks and I go, oh, ouch. This is just an ouch week. So it's a very ouch week wherever you are, whatever you're doing. doesn't even matter with the election. It's just an ouch week all over the world. So you know eclipses are here to help us see things, to put us on the proper path, uh, because this particular eclipse is on the south node, it's going to put us on the proper path to loss, whatever that means. And again, you know, this is one of those, when astrologers do this, we go, oh. Now, the last time we had funky aspects, like a Mars retrograde on an eclipse on Election Day, in that case it was Mercury retrograde, and it was in uh, 2020, the 2020 election, the 2000 election, Gore-Bush. Uh, and I didn't have a TV, did my stuff on computers, and I went to a bar to watch the election results near my house. David Copperfield, it's not there anymore, it's now a hotel, hospital building. But I went there, I'm sitting in the bar, 920, Mercury Station to go direct, and I knew that was happening, 920 at night. And that's when that cousin of Bush's called Florida for Bush. And then the brouhaha went, and the fighting, and the counting, and the yelling, and the screaming. And I went, I actually literally screamed in the bar. I'm like, oh my, no, oh my God, no, he's going to be the president. Because Florida switched. Up until then, it had been for Gore, and it switched to Bush. And of course, we had all the counting, and the hanging chads, and... You know, the election, Michael Luton, who's a brilliant astrologer here in New York, said the winner will be the loser and the loser will be the winner. That was his prediction for that out, that election. And I remember just being crazy. And, of course, Al Gore's Neptune line went right through Florida. And George Bush's father, brother, was the governor of the state. And so they argued and argued, and they finally appealed. John Roberts, the current Supreme Court justice, head justice, argued the case before the Supreme Court, and they made a 5-4 vote, 5-4, that Bush should win, that Florida could stop counting and the state could do whatever it wanted. When they subsequently finished counting the votes, Gore won the state. But it was too late. Bush was president. I want to just put a little plug in here. Democrats honor the results of elections even when we don't like them, and in that case it was one Supreme Court vote that said this guy should be president versus that guy. And even though, even though um, Scalia said this is a once-in-a-lifetime thing, you know, it kind of set up the crap that we're dealing with now, with should we count the votes or not, the votes don't count. It, 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 we seeded it back then, 20 years ago, when the, when the uh, conjunction was in Taurus. Now we, we see the results of it now, in 2020. So there's an interesting corollary story because that was the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction in Taurus and now we have the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction in Aquarius. Like what counts? What's true? What's not? So that was one I wasn't unhappy about. <laughs> 
But I also was like, wow, this is really big. And of course, Robert sub subsequently got appointed Chief Justice. Thank you very much because you got me the presidency. So there's a little quid pro quo here going on. So we're going to, you know, part of the Pluto return, we're not going to go there. But this T-square, really big. This eclipse, really big. And a forward motion energy, full steam ahead. The eclipse has the fixed star, Jupiter on the fixed star shit, which is a star, astrologer star, sun on Sirius, which is a dog star. A lot of energy around seeing things and understanding stuff and figuring things out. Uh, the Arabic parts, uh, Venus is on the part of life. Uh, the ascendant, women, life, women for life. Uh, ascendant opposite the part of fortune, on the part of commerce. Opposite catastrophe, opposite spirit, opposite servants, opposite faith on the part of merchandise, on the part of friends, heiress on the part of mismarriage, the goddess of discord on the part of marriage, that's why so many people are having relationship stuff. The ascendant is in the path of fire, so it's an intense eclipse, and heiress opposite the part of nobility and honor. When we look at the asteroids, we see a couple of them about descending into the underworld, the Sun and Mercury and Saturn and Uranus all aspecting Persephone, and she's an underworld goddess. We also see Venus paralleling, working with Demeter, uh, and we see Mars opposite Pandora, opening a Pandora's box. We see Pluto on Orpheus, who is an asteroid of beautiful music, uh, and then we see the other gang hanging out. So when we're looking at the rest of the week, uh, first up on Tuesday, we have Sun conjunct Mercury. This is Mercury Kazemi, the sun. This is a big deal. When it's combust, which is under the beams, it's not really seeing and not really talking clearly. As it is combust the sun, boom, it's, it's in the heart of the sun. It makes it super powerful. Super, super powerful. And this is uh, for 1142 on election day, but this is also uh, high in the chart. Mercury, sun, Venus, up top of the chart. It's still, Mercury is uh, the sun is opposite Uranus, coming into the opposition. Mercury is opposite Uranus, coming into the opposition. As I mentioned, last week we had Venus opposite Uranus and then squaring Saturn. Now we're going to have the sun go through it, and we're going to have Mercury go through it. It's a lot of intention. You can see there's a nice little cardinal cross there. Um, a lot of intense energy. You can see a mystic rectangle in there. Everybody see the mystic rectangle? It is a connection between... It's a water and earth mystic rectangle, Venus, Sun, Mercury, Ceres, down here to Uranus, Moon, over here to Neptune, Jupiter. Right? So this is a lot of energy around flow and connection and importance. We also see Pluto angular. Uh, and Pluto in Capricorn is on the ascendant. Remember, we are still in the midst of the United States Pluto return, which is the Pluto return of the Declaration of Independence that was signed by... And again, I like old white men, and I date them, and I sleep with them, okay? So I like old white men. I want to just say that right up front. But it was the, uh, the Pluto return of the old white men who wrote the Declaration of Independence that said all men are created equal, but they meant them. And they were landowners. They were owning of people. They owned people. Um, yeah. And so we're having the Pluto return to them which is us looking at them and saying, hey, is that really what we want to be? Now remember, power never gives up. Power never gives up. So we do see the Pluto here on the power energy. And so it's a concept of how is the power running. Next up, we have Mercury opposite Uranus. As I mentioned, we're going to have a few of these this week. <coughs> Mercury. 
excuse me, Mercury passed the Sun, he's opposite Uranus. We see there's a nice grand trine there in water that is in the sky, it makes it very emotional. We see a nice mystic rectangle there. <coughs> excuse me again, in water, then Earth pulling us forward. Mystic rectangles have a mystical energy. Right after that, we have the Sun opposite Uranus on Wednesday. Sun opposite Uranus, you know, we kind of wake up, again a grand trine in water. We see Moon ruling the midheaven, Moon's in the eighth house uh, here in Taurus, which is a good sign, but Moon is also sextile to Jupiter. So there's a nice juicy energy, and the Moon is trine Pluto. And also um, in a sesquiquadrate, a semi-sextile rather, to Eris, the goddess of discord. So. This energy with the sun opposite Uranus is sudden unexpected changes. Remember, this eclipse is full of sudden unexpected changes for everybody, not just uh, the world, but I mean, not just the United States, but the, the whole world. So we'll watch for what happens. Right after that, Mercury comes in and he squares Saturn. That happens on Thursday, and that'll probably be some of the last voting being counted. Mercury squares Saturn. We can declare who this is for. Um, and that happens on Thursday, again, with the Grand Trine in water and the Mystic Rectangle. Then, on Friday, the 11th, we have the Sun opposite Uranus. Uh, um, we have, I'm sorry, we have the Sun square Saturn. It was opposite Uranus earlier. So the Sun square Saturn is activating that. Remember that huge T-square at the beginning of the week? So when we see this chart, again, with with in the second house, what's of value to us? Uranus in the eighth, Mars at the top of the chart. We have a lovely finger of God that's going to run on Friday. Uh, and it is Venus here with a quincunx to Mars in Gemini and a uh, quincunx to Eris, the goddess of discord. And it's a sextile from Mars to Eris. And the finger of God is the apex is that Venus very intense in Scorpio. So we're heading into the finger. Now what's going to happen, as Sun and Mercury come in, they're going to form a finger too. That's next week. But this week we have Venus forming a finger of God. And that happens on Friday, the 11th. Uh, we also have an ouch chart on Sunday. Uh, and ouch, the reason I'm saying ouch is it's got a lot of potency in it. It's a very intense chart. But underneath the ouch chart, is this. And this is important. This is what we end the week with. And of course, uh, it's a crazy week. For the next two weeks, it's crazy as we emotionally process and go towards the new moon in Sagittarius the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Uh, so, we, so we see here the Eris Pluto square. Now that's been in the sky. That was the Me Too movement. That's the prosecution of Harvey Weinstein. That's the R. Kelly. That's the Ghislaine Maxwell. And a whole bunch of angry women uh, and Pluto power people being angry about power, and you see it everywhere. People fighting with people in power, people yelling at people in power. We also see a finger of God from Mars here to the Pluto and the Venus. See the Mars, Pluto, Venus? Now what will happen is the Sun and Mercury are all going to roll into this finger. So we're going to have fingers all next week too. I know it's it's ouch, it's ouch chart, it's ouch, ouch, but it's also faded. You know, we're at faded times here. We're making really important choices in our world, in our lives, in our personal lives, and of course the life of our country and the life of the world. Because, you know, the Republicans have said if they get in, we're not going to honor uh, the Ukraine 
stuff, at least Marjorie Taylor saying she's not going to, and she's going to be in power now, so we're not going to do it. So it, it's just an understanding of, ouch, it's an ouch. <laughs> and I know I'm putting my politics in this, but it's also, it's understanding, you know, are people going to respect, we live in a great country. If you've ever traveled, and only 5% of the population of America has a passport, if you've ever traveled in the world, which I've done a lot of, I've been to Africa, I've been to all the Middle East, I've been uh, into you know Greek and Roman and French and Portuguese and uh, England and Britain and Great and Ireland and yeah, it's we live in a really good country, and um, uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm not going to go into the politics, but we see this ouch, which is Mars in Gemini, Quincunx Venus finger of God with Venus to Mars, Venus to Eris, the goddess of discord, Mars, quincunx Pluto, quincunx Eris, and Venus and Pluto are in a sextile, Mars and Eris are in a sextile, uh, and they're both retrograde, and they're both angry, <laughs> in case you didn't know, there's a lot of anger out there. We also have a square that we've been running for the last two years with Eris square Pluto, and we also have over here, Pallas Athena out of bounds, opposite Pluto. We have Mars out of bounds, and we've had that all week. Pallas Athena's out of bounds, Mars is out of bounds. Out of bounds planets act like a, they can go good or bad. Line drive over the fence, home run, everybody cheers and yells, or out of bounds into the stands, hit somebody in the head, blood and guts. Stop the game, carry them out. We have Pallas Athena here trining Venus in Scorpio. Scorpio does rule reproductive energy. It also rules money and finance and what we value and all those kinds of things. And then we have a square between Ceres, which is also on the Neptune of the United States chart at 19. Our Neptune in the U.S. chart is 19 Virgo, uh, and it squares Mars. And of course that square is going to be tightening over this next chapter. So we end the week with an ouch. So I'm kind of like, hmm, what does that mean? And how are we going to work with it? So to be determined. We're going to find out tomorrow. Make sure to vote. Uh, if you're not interested in politics, the novelist and war correspondent Martha wrote, people often say, I'm not interested in politics. They might as well say, I'm not interested in my standard of living, my health, my job, my rights, my freedoms, my future, or any future. Look at all the stuff that the Republicans voted against this Congress. Now, I admit a lot of it is because they're just trying to block Biden, but they voted against it. And if you believe in any of those things, you know which way to vote. Uh, if we mean to keep control over our world and our lives, we must be interested in politics. And of course, Christ was a socialist. My friend Renee wrote that she was going to send this to her cousins. For when I was hungry, you didn't feed me. I was thirsty, you didn't give me anything to drink. I was a stranger, you didn't invite me to your home. I was naked, you gave me no clothing. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. And they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger? or naked, or sick, or in prison, and not help you. And he will answer, I assure you, when you refuse to help the least of my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. And so get involved, push back, speak up, volunteer, donate, and vote. You can check your voting status at headcount.org, and those states I talked about at the beginning, you can register to vote on those. So we're going to go back and look at the Eclipse Energy. And that lovely big old fat T-square there, that's a puppy that is firing all week. It's big. All right. 
So in terms of our um, smaller aspects, because this is an intense week and gives you maybe a little more optimism, uh, the sun is going to run from the, on the world point at 15 Scorpio on election day uh, through 18 Scorpio, 19 Scorpio this week. And we already talked about the major aspects he makes. He also has a biquintile to Mars on the 10th, which is a positive energy, and a quintile to Pluto on the 6th, which is a positive energy around moving forward. Mercury this week moving rapidly, running from uh, 12 Scorpio through 25 Scorpio. Uh, a lot of energy around direction, focus. Uh, he's diving into that south node. Last week the Sun and Venus went in there. Um, he is in hard aspect to Uranus. He is in hard aspect to Saturn. On the 12th, he does have a trine to Neptune, which is helpful. And then at the end of the week, he forms a hammer of Thor. On the 13th, he forms a hammer of Thor with uh, Mars and Eris, the goddess of discord. So that's kind of a little bit of a difficult energy. I didn't put that screen in because we already saw all the other ones. Uh, Venus this week runs from 18 Scorpio through 25 Scorpio, uh, through 27 Scorpio, rather. And she has the square to Saturn, and then she has the finger of God happens for her on the 11th. Venus forms the finger of God, which we saw with Eris and Mars. Uh, Venus also has a trine to Neptune on the 10th, so there's an optimistic energy. And she has a trine to Pallas Athena on the 11th, which was part of that ouch chart. Remember, Pallas Athena, the legal mind, the strategy is out of bounds, and um, Mars, the Gemini, is out of bounds. Mars this week runs from 24. Uh, 24, he's basically parked at 24, moving backwards, 25 back to 24. He has a sextile to Eris on the 13th, and uh, Pallas Athena has a square to Eris, uh, which is uh, intense, and that's on the 9th, the day after the election. So there's a lot of energy in the sky, very contentious energy, I will say. And of course, we end this new, we end this election with the new moon right before Thanksgiving. So I imagine there's going to be some pretty intense conversations at Thanksgiving dinner this year when the new moon in Sagittarius happens. Um, okay, so the week uh, that we are in right now, which is November, I'm in October here. Oops, no, I'm in December. All right, there we go. Put the right calendar up. Okay, so today, uh, Monday, the, the um, uh, su Sunday, the moon was in Aries. It went into Taurus this morning at 12.15, Monday morning. It's in Taurus on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, going void at 7 a.m. on the 9th, and it goes void with a sextile to Jupiter. Moon uh, in Taurus goes void sextile to Jupiter in Pisces. That's a nice closing aspect, as you might in anticipate Election day, full moon eclipse, major T-square in the sky, you know, going to be tense, going to be crazy, going to be a little out of control. That is our intense day. So it feels like, ugh, so intense. And, uh, you know, if you've been running anxiety attacks, that's that Mars in retrograde, in quincunx the Pluto, in Capricorn. Moon is void for an hour and a half on Wednesday morning, and then it goes into Gemini. And it's in Gemini the ninth, Wednesday the 9th, Thursday the 10th, and it goes void at 5.28 p.m. on the 11th, and it goes void, moon in Gemini goes void with square to Jupiter. Uh, 
squares to Jupiter are good in the sense that the um, there's an overdoing or an overexpansion or an over-understanding. So Moon in Gemini squaring Jupiter in Pisces is a nice aspect. Friday the, ten the, Friday the 11th is also very intense. Uh, and that's also Veterans Day and Remembrance Day in Canada. And you want to think of all the veterans that fought for freedom in this country against religious hatred and Nazi Germany and killing six million people. And remember, those people are all up in heaven watching us as we vote and defend democracy. Um, and then we go into Cancer. Uh, Moon goes into Cancer on the 11th. And it's in Cancer on the 11th, the 12th, Saturday the 12th, the 13th, Sunday. And it goes void at 541 on the 14th with a trine to Jupiter. So we're hearing Jupiter a couple times. Now Jupiter right now is in his exaltation in Pisces, which is the sign of the soul. So that's important. It's important to pay attention to the sign of the soul as the closing aspects this week all are uh, at ending in positive flow. The 13th at Cancer Moon, um, it not you know the, it does have a um, it does have a, a square to Pluto at 12:35 in the morning on the 14th, but it ends with a trine, and the Moon ends with a trine to Venus in Scorpio too, the Moon in Cancer. So we also have another intense day on Sunday the 13th. A lot of intense days this week. It is eclipse season. It is a little out of control. The world is a wild and crazy place, not just in our country but other countries too. And um, the whole goal here is you're going to go through it. When you're going through it, grow through it. Um, I am uh, obviously, you know, my politics are very out on this one. <laughs> um, but I also, you know, when, when, you know, part of the job as an astrologer is to say this is the energy in the heavens and this is how we work with it. And, um, and what, what, what our vision and our dream is. And so part of the process of the Pluto return, and I actually wrote, I have to have an article into the Ingress. My, I'm a member of the NCGR here in New York and uh, the New York chapter, and I owe an article on the Pluto return. And I wrote to the president, John Marcusella, and I said, can I send this in after election day? Because <laughs> I just, like, I have to have a vision. You know, Michael Moore, love him. He's the one that predicted Trump in 2016. He's saying blue tsunami. And then, of course, the pundits and the press are saying red tsunami. And then everybody's like, it's too close to count. But I want you to sit and think about what kind of country you want for your kids. Do you want people that say, votes don't count, we're not going to count votes? Which, when you listen to a lot of the election denier people, that's what they're saying. Like if there's a guy somewhere out west, Midwest, that goes, if I win, the Republicans will never lose again. I'm like, no, 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 it's supposed to be... I mean, and I was raised by Republicans. I have all these Republican relatives, but they were cloth coat Republicans. Conservative, low taxes, government out of our business. The government's in our business now. It's regulating our bodies. It's regulating women's bodies. It's going to regulate who you can love. It's going to regulate whether you can get birth control. It's going to regulate the kind of medicine you can have. I have a client with RA down in North Carolina, or South Carolina, one of the one of the Carolinas, and she can't get her medicine because it's an aborphacient and she's got a uterus of reproductive age, even though she has RA, you know, rheumatoid arthritis. So we have to really think about what are we voting for? And it's super, super important. And go watch Schindler's List. That's what hate looks like. Go watch Schindler's List before you vote. Watch it tonight. 
watch it tonight and think about what happens when hate gets organized and runs things. And that's where we're standing. We're standing on the precipice of hate, or are we going to go towards love? Me, personally, love. I'm hoping for a McCarthy moment where they looked at McCarthy and Roy Cohn, who was Donald Trump's lawyer and who worked for the Gambino crime family, and they looked at him and said, have you no decency? Have you no decency? We have to restore decency in our country. We have to restore decency in the world. And the way we do it is one step at a time, one vote at a time. So go vote. And vote with your heart. Vote towards love. Vote towards that list that you want. Not vote against. Vote towards what you want. Because that's how we get there. And on that note, I'm not going to do any promotional stuff at the back end for me. I just want you to vote. Please vote. And please, please, please vote for hope. Vote for love. Vote for the things that are positive in our world. That's how we get there. And that's it. Um, and I'm sorry this is late, but it was a busy it was a busy weekend, and it is eclipse season, so I've had a lot of emergency. This conference um, is no longer being recorded.